We have a lot to talk about this week, but unfortunately, just like MSU's basketball roster, I'm staring at two empty slots. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man who has tea while recording the podcast, Kevin Greck, and another man who believes PJ's before the pod, Alex Plum. Hey, you comfy over there? V comfy, although I um, accidentally put my joggers in the dryer and now they're a little too short so oh, they're no. either fashionably short or unfashionably short joggers you know like um like a pajama yeah, joggers are they like a short jogger uh, yeah. listen uh dear listener i'm over here sipping on some peppermint tea just trying to elevate the pod all right wow um no short joggers wow. over here i'm in a three-piece suit with, uh, <laughs> with a nice fine like over there playing a game of never have I ever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm we've in, got I'm a, in a handsome padded sports jacket. You know, it's looking pretty good. All right, continue with uh, some elbow patches. Yep, elbow uh, patches, corduroy. Love it. All right, we do genuinely actually have a quite a bit to talk about this week. So uh, before we get into it, thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. If we could share, if we could ask the small favor, please share the podcast with Spartans in your life. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, it is, uh, well, it is the most efficient way to participate in uh, the Twitter question power ranking contest, if that's something you're into. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Plum, do you want to walk folks through the structure of the show? Sure. Every week on the pod, we start off uh, with the green wall where sport, uh, where sp- football always leads. We'll talk about football, basketball, and any other pressing or important Michigan State-related sports news there. Then we head off Grand River where we talk about NCAA sports across the connection, what news and happenings are up and about. Typically, we'll spend a couple minutes of hate at least directed toward the NCAA as an organization because it is ineffectual and dumb. Uh, This week, we've got an especially long off Grand River segment for you as we talk about important news around college sports in general and important schools. And then finally, we'll close up with Twitter questions. And of course, this is the third week of our ranking your Twitter questions. So very excited to get into that uh, and uh, provide another four hour episode for our committed listeners. I I do want to say real quick because last week I got particularly thirsty asking for reviews and we did get an additional review uh, entitled "Obey Your Thirst." Uh, <laughs> I, I do like this bit which says I can honestly say this is the only one I've heard where the hosts actually beg their listeners for a positive review. Uh, to whoever wrote that, thank you. Uh, all right, bless your heart. You've given Michael. Can I just say I want someone to do a review that says please clap, you know, like Jeb, Jeb style. <laughs> That's what we need. We need a please clap review. Uh, all right, let's head behind the green wall and, uh, and start with football in what was a busy day on campus today because the uh, late season transfers and the rest of the 2021 signing class 
arrived on campus today um, in what I'm sure was a logistically busy day. I I guess I would first ask either of you, did you happen to see pictures of the gentleman arriving? Uh, I did. Yeah. I didn't They're compare them. They're human beings. Yeah. The, the, that's the new physical profile required to, to play on the team, right? Right. Um, There's a profile. Very. Uh, it's very exciting. Do we know anything from that? Is there anyone that hasn't shown up that was expected to uh, or anything like that? Uh. So the one that I was surprised we didn't hear more about was I didn't I don't I, I didn't see a picture of Harold Joyner, which I kind of thought, considering he was the first uh, transfer commit, I believe mm-hmm. that MSU landed um, and given his relationship with MSU as a recruit um, that I thought maybe he would be a bit more front and center. I, I did see he was at least tagged as someone who was moved in. Uh, on on the old Twitter machine. So no, it was, uh, I I guess the news is there was no news other than uh, Crouch has massive triceps and Ben Van Semeren is is also a jacked human being. Yeah, that stood out to me. That dude is a large dude. There's a lot of Brad Van Semeren in the world. Um, Yeah, so that's good. Uh, And there's a unexpected preferred walk-on, right, Jonesy? Yeah. Yes, uh, I um, uh, it Powers Warren from Mississippi State uh, committed earlier today to Michigan er, to Michigan State. So uh, heading from one MSU to another, wow. um, big MSU upgrade for this guy. Big MSU upgrade, and uh, for those who don't know, uh, just, uh, including having an awesome first name, uh, Powers Warren is the son of Kevin Warren, uh, chairman, or I'm sorry, commissioner of the big 10, who has a much less awesome first name. Um, oops, sorry. I mean, I Uh, can't disagree with that. It's true. Of course uh, I know that it's me. Powers Warren, uh, is best known as Kevin Warren's son. Um, and is, uh, a six, four, 240 pound tight end. Um, Obviously, being a preferred walk-on, he's not. He's going to add some depth at the position. Uh, he, hell, he may compete for a starting spot, considering that uh, we have a converted punter who is getting the most playing time there. Uh, he certainly should be a, uh, a tight end who can, you know, handle blocking assignments reasonably well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what else to say about this other than shout out to Colton Pouncey, who actually kind of signaled this this one may well happen. Um, I'm curious to see if there's any net benefit to MSU, like, you know, the big 10 being kinder, which um, they were, and we'll get to that when we talk about basketball. There we go. Uh, well, let's do that actually. So uh, there, as you, let's, uh, let's, let's start with the kindness from the big 10. Yeah, the schedule is out. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed what state we're not traveling to. I did not. But spoiler, it's Indiana. We do not play away games at Purdue or at Indiana for all of basketball season next year. This seems like rather a good time to go play at Assembly Hall. If you know, I uh, I don't Dave know how that ex- there? I don't know how that experiment's going to go, but that team isn't looking that strong right now. So uh, now's not a terrible time to have a road game at the old IU. 
but anytime we don't have to play at Mackie is a okay for me at this point. <laughs> yeah. Whether we're playing Purdue there or whether we're playing some other team, I'd prefer not to play there at all. Um, so I think the the important question is Plum, what game should we all attend this coming year at the Breslin? Ooh, at the Breslin? Hmm. Yes. Um, probably Oakland University. Always a great game, and uh, we usually win it. Except I also don't. would be willing to uh, wait for Campy's autograph. Yes. Like, he, his is the autograph that I want. In that matchup. That's great. You let Izzo walk past you, the whole rest of the MSU team, and you're just like, Greg! 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 Sign it's my in- chest! And he just walks right past you. He puts the the shades on, and he's just like, "Uh, uh-uh. I don't deal with the with the groupies, with the campy groupies." He kind of brushes some of those luscious locks off of his forehead. Just can't be bothered. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think the campy groupies are called the campy camp? You know oh, don't do that! Like, just, you don't done. have to do that. You don't have it. You've just soured plum for the entire podcast. You know what? A minute of hate. Here it goes. <laughs> yeah. Directed at Jones. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, normally the entire podcast. Uh, all right. So that is the schedule news. Um, Greg, you wanted to chat about uh, some reporting from Brendan Quinn at The Athletic on what he expects MSU to do with their open scholarship. Yeah. Big shout to uh, the writers at The Athletic apparently this week uh, because he, quote, expects that MSU will leave those two uh, scholarships as available for next season. Uh, And as fans may have to uh, acknowledge, uh, he has been pretty tied into the program. And I would expect that he has a high level of confidence in making that statement. So I think this is a huge concern, personally. You don't get that many scholarships, and to leave two of them available is, I think, a pretty substantial mismanagement of available resources. I mean, it's difficult for me to know what the staff has talked about, who they've evaluated, who in the transfer portal ended up was not available to them, um, what their experience is with grad transfers. But Izzo has a history of leaving scholarships open or or giving them to walk-ons that perform well. There's no one that qualifies for that right now. And the idea that you would just leave, what is that? Uh, Some substantial percentage of your available scholarships completely open. And basically the roster is much worse, I think, on average you would have to say than last season. Um, Is it 15%? It might be 15% of your available scholarships. It is. Yeah, it's 15%. Um, (laughs) Jesus. That's a lot. I mean, yes, that's a lot. Uh, So I, I would have liked to have seen another big come in at least. I know that Marcus Bingham jr. Has been trending up, but he also just can't play more than 20 minutes. So, I think this is a mistake, honestly. I I don't know how you think you can remove Aaron Henry and then, you know, Josh uh, Langford and then a whole bunch of other guys add in one transfer point guard and some freshmen, and then you're going to be better. Um, 
that seems like it seems like a big risk to me. Mm-hmm. And it was pointed out, I think, by Brennan Quinn in that article that it seems like the same kind of risk as assuming that you can just sort of uh, retool Rocket Watts into a point guard in an offseason and be fine. It seems like the same level of risk and the same type of risk. And we saw how that worked out last year. I mean, guys, we talked about it. How many games could we have, could MSU have potentially won if they just had point guard play? Like not even good point guard play. Just I sure. would say three more, at least three. more games yeah. to get mm-hmm. solidly off the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. This I is don't. Concerning. But I, you you have to. I I see. I think it's it's not apples to apples. The a not having a point guard is of way more you know consequence than having a rotation of okay play at the big like Julius Marble you know is all of these guys are going to benefit from an offseason that they didn't have last year and Bingham did show upside Marble showed flashes I'm not disagreeing that with the the notion that like you should go out and get a big because you should right but I just the decision to not have a point guard is way more catastrophic than we could have run uh, Thomas Kithier back at the five and it still would have been fine in comparison to not having a point guard. I think that's because, because all the problems that were at the five last year, or I'm sorry, that, that will be at the five next year. were at the five this year. Right. So like, at, <laughs> that's where I think Brennan Quinn's point falls apart is that if, if you're saying we're solidly off the bubble by having fine point guard play, then we're off the bubble. Right. Like, and I, and I get that you should aspire for more. I just, it's, it's not the same thing as I I think where I land on it. Um, Sure. It's going to be a relatively short team. Uh, If Bingham isn't on the floor, your next tallest player is six, nine. So yeah, that's, I mean, you've got Sissoko and Marble, um, and then you've got, I mean, that's it. Joey Hauser apparently is also six, nine, although I never would have guessed that. So you've got to assume you're going to get major steps forward by, by Marble, by Bingham, and then hopefully by Sissoko as well. Finds himself as a sophomore. Otherwise, there's a pretty substantial hole on this roster. If you got five to ten from Sissoko in fifteen and fifteen out of Marble and Bingham, like that's doable. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, 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 we can, we can, I could talk about this for a long time, but I, and I know we probably shouldn't, but like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, it seems insane to me to hold on to two spots for what reason when you don't have a single person signed in the class of 2022. Right. Like, that's another thing. Like, what are you holding on to the scholarships for? You don't have anyone who wants to play for you next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's but, isn't th- but isn't that the... Well, no, no, but isn't that the problem? I mean, I... I, I eh. 
he, there's no one quality. He, there's no one to spend the scholarships on. That's a fair point too, is like who's in the portal that, that is worth picking up. And the truth is, if he makes the investment this year, that, that those are gone. Like they're not, he can't just kick the kid off the team next year. I mean, you could get a grad transfer in their final year of eligibility. Oh, yeah, th- those are available. I I can't personally speak to the quality of those. I tried to open this segment acknowledging that fact. Um, that you know, I don't know who they've evaluated. I don't know who they had available to them. I don't know what decisions have been made. But it just seems like to leave fifteen percent of your available scholarships open when you could at least have a body. I mean, how frequently does Tom Izzo just treat a, a large body as five fouls um, yeah. in defense? Yeah. And I would no, think that something like that would definitely be available in the transfer portal. So I don't know. You could find a shot blocker of some sort. That'd be nice. Um, though. All right. Here's a question for you. I know we have, we are chock-a-block with guards, but defensive player, uh, de- defensive big 10 player of the year, Daryl Morsel is still in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's yeah. I don't know. Just saying, yeah. He's, I think he's a grad transfer as well. Like yeah. it, there are people out there, is I guess my point. You, I um, think you could find someone to use these scholarships on. I think that they're making a decision not to do it, which hmm. is interesting. Right, to and to to what end? Right, and that's a that's a very fair criticism and question. Like, why would you do this? Um, golf. Should we talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so th- we mentioned uh, the women's golf team. <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks ago, and we should mention them again because they are on a bit of a tear advancing uh, past the regional uh, in the NCAA tournament. Should we really be celebrating this, all things considered, with what happened in the other regional? You know? We're going to get to that off there Grand River. will be River. an off Grand River discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. Keep it clean. Uh, but yes, yeah, save your should. minute of hate, Plum. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, uh, we will continue to, uh, to cheer them on, um, with our big 10 plus subscriptions, um, and wishing them the best. All right, folks, it's time to sound the alarms because the housing market right now is bonkers. So if you are trying to buy a house, good luck because so are 80 other people. You got all kinds of crazy offers coming in, and that's why you need to talk to our guy, Brandon Sands, about getting pre-approved for a mortgage today so that when you see the house go on the market that's your dream house, you're not behind the eight ball. Because or, that even in this, or even in this case, just a, a, a house that meets most of your criteria, you know? <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there is no new construction happening. It is it, it, it is insane. So if you are thinking you might probably be looking at houses soon, you are making a mistake if you are not pre-approved. So call our friend Brandon Sands, who has closed over 10,000 loans and works with one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country that is guaranteed rate. Brandon's a good guy, consultative guy. Uh, we'll, we'll hear what you're trying to do hear things out, have some beers, you know, chat about money with you. Um, always a very casual conversation. Uh, and uh, Brandon can uh, can give you a hand in getting pre-approved to buy that major fixer-upper because nothing is on the market. Um, 
You can find Brandon at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That is rate.com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Nice. Yes. Brandon. Thank you. Uh, you guys are bringing all sorts of quality energy. Yeah. Here. So, so to, to kick off off Grand River, uh, Michael Jones, the Pac-12 has uh, has made its way over to Vegas. You know, it, it's all the Pac-12 is fully vaccinated. Uh, they were looking to party. And while they were there, they picked up their new uh, their new commissioner for the conference. Right. Tell us about this. Yeah. So George Klyavkov, um just saying that casually uh, <laughs> uh, is the former president of MGM resorts and has been hired as the new commissioner of the PAC 12. Um, I, I don't really care about who's who the commissioner is of any, any particular league uh, or conference, but I do think it's worth mentioning how far we've come hmm. because I, I don't think 20 years ago you would get someone associated with gambling so mm. directly. Mm. It would it, it is it would be uncouth. Yeah. Even if someone had that on their resume, like that's icky. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it's um I think it's a sign of the times. I think, you know, we're continuing to see movement toward online gambling, especially in Michigan. Um you know, folks being able to make these bets, uh, sports being more open to it. I mean, shit, there's still a movement, right, to allow Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame, uh, which is still a verboten topic among many. Um, so I, I think you can, you know, but but I, I guess I say that it's still verboten, but it, it feels like it continues to pick up steam and more and more folks are like, okay, we, we've made the point. Let's cut the guy some slack. And I'm make, not making that point here other than to say what you're saying, which is the times yeah. they seem to be changing. Uh, yes, they, they do. So, uh, good luck, George. Uh, we hope that you can make the PAC 12 relevant again. Um, Well, no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't wish you anything. (laughs) And I'm sure you have money ways to do that illicitly. So just do that instead of actual skill because we want to keep winning. Thank you. Yes. Uh, all right. So, we had mentioned earlier that there was something that went amiss in the NCAA Women's Golf Tournament. Uh, are either of you able to speak to this? Or am I uh, going to continue talking? I think, that, well, uh, what we found out was that the NCAA accepted te- how many teams of women's uh, women's golfers to this regional location? And then uh, it's eight, like, yeah, something ten, like that. Ten? Well, the top six automatically uh, progressed. Top seeded. Yeah, top seeded. Top seeded six just automatically progressed. They just determined, and I don't know the particulars of this, that the court was not up to, quote, championship standards. So they elected to simply not They said it was playable. Playable. Still playable. (laughs) Yeah, they, they acknowledged that it was playable, but to Greg's quote, yes, not up to championship standards. Uh, it is, it is befuddling what they could possibly mean by championship standard. I mean, what does the grass, like, is it gold flaked? Do they, when they hit the balls, do loons come out and sing songs to them gently? I I need to understand what it is (laughs) about the grass in an you, outdoor sport. Yeah, I, I, I mean, truly, it is a, it, like you can golf in the rain, in fact. 
you can't golf when it thunderstorms. But this is not a... There's a reason they have golf umbrellas. Now, I understand. Seven inches over the course of a couple of days is a lot of water. There's no doubt. And and I don't think anyone was suggesting that they were going to go you know, play golf while there are bunkers full of it. I mean, that, that's no one was promoting it. But you had coaches out there who are filming in real time. You know, the whole point here is you have to be reasonable. And there is nothing better. And I watched it on loop. The number of those... Poor, sad, sorry bastards coming down the stairs to announce their regret. That dumb, ignorant man with his hand on his chest like he actually felt bad about this. I cannot for the life of me understand how there is not a PR specialist who isn't a bazillionaire. Because it's against it refuses to spend money on anyone with any level of expertise to walk them through this. You have to imagine that there are several women-owned PR firms, the proprietors of which have thrown themselves into traffic subsequent, multiple subsequent times because trying to consult with the NCAA on these topics has to be the most mind-numbingly difficult and suicide-inducing work of any, of any profession. It's truly, truly beautiful, the terribleness of that entity. Now, Plum, let me let me let me ask you, would you believe me if I told you that a number of years ago there was a similar situation for a baseball championship wherein the field was flooded and the NCAA had a helicopter come and use its propeller to push the water away to make the field playable? <laughs> Would you believe me if I told you that that's the length they went to for a men's sport? I would would believe- I, I could only believe There's you be- video! because I saw the video. I could only believe you because I saw the video. It is, you know, you, it's, you can't wait an extra day. Like, you couldn't wait one extra day. You couldn't find creative ways to get these women on the golf course. You, you'd play a couple rounds of nine instead. The thing, you didn't have to hit all 54 holes. The thing needed a minimum of 18. You had to hit 18. That was it. 18 of 15 four. That was the minimum minimum requirement. But to send them home. Yes, it's so insane. It's just, it's lazy. It is lazy. It's not creative. It is lazy. It's bad leadership. It's bad tournament management. These people should not only be removed from NCAA you know, regional administration, they should also be fired from their day jobs. They should be fired from, because you know that they're also coaches or athletic directors at their own schools. They, their lack of leadership and common sense uh, management and administration at the regional NCAA level is an indictment on their overall ability to do any kind of work. They should be put on unemployment and made to be embarrassed by this work. I wish I knew their names, not their addresses. This pod does not support taxing. I, I just I find it interesting that we managed to 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 hold tournaments in you know for for basketball in the middle of a, a you know a once in multiple generation pandemic and yet women's golf nope gotta game. go home gotta yeah, go home that's it. call it call it you guys we did what we could this is not up to championship standards I mean it's listen just if you couldn't play you couldn't play if you can't that's no one's fault you look at the you like look at the course. There's literally a duck swimming on the 18th green. You can't 
play it. Okay, that's not oh, no, no one's arguing that. But but when he says while playable, oh no, shouldn't even have said that. You should have just said doesn't meet the standard, isn't safe. You know what I mean? You can't. Oh yeah. God. Oh what an imbecile. <laughs> As we say uh, at the pod, dumber than he is, stupid, and that whole committee. <laughs> That that is exactly as we say on the pod. Can't we get right? Dumber than we are, stupid. This is for B list. If we could get one more uh, logo mocked up, that'd be great. And that beautiful typhoon. <laughs> Dumber than they are, stupid. Can't read. Can't write. Yeah, that that, would, that works for a banner. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, as much fun and as sad as that was for for those involved we uh we do have a more serious topic um at hand to discuss and i I guess we'll put it in the show notes uh eventually for a content warning for anyone that we are gonna be talking about uh sexual assault and sensitive topics around therein so if you don't want to listen to this with kids around or you just don't want to listen to it then we'll let you know the timestamp so you can skip through yes editors note this conversation will extend until the one hour four minute and 15 second mark thank you um greg uh a report commissioned by the university of michigan uh and done by the law firm wilmer hale was released uh can you talk to people about what that report was why it came to be and what it said Yes. So this report was commissioned by the university regents. Their trustees are called regents. And uh, it was done by an independent third party uh, law firm, uh, Wilmer Hale, as you said, um, who has worked at the university before. They were not the first uh, law firm that uh, was chosen, um, but ultimately they did did finish the report. Um, There are limitations to this report. One was that they were only able to talk to former patients of Robert Anderson that reached out to them. There was a a call line that was available. Um, And in some cases, their reports were made anonymously and they weren't able to follow up. With patients, former patients, um, and who is and, then, and who is Robert Anderson? So, in case people don't know, yes, okay. Uh, well, the the second limitation is that many of the uh, litigants were counseled not by, by their lawyers not to participate in this uh, in this activity in this report. So, who is Robert Anderson? Uh, Robert Anderson was a University of Michigan uh, doctor that was hired uh, at some time in the 70s. We have his full thing here. He was hired as assistant assistant physician, pardon me, in 1966, and then uh, had several hats at the university, both in the University Medical Center and with the athletic department, and then back with internal medicine uh, through uh, sometime in 2003 when he retired. Anderson is now dead. I believe he died in 2008. Um, and uh, I thought it would be worthwhile, and, and we agree as a podcast, it would be worthwhile to go through the facts of these findings um, because um, they are troubling in nature. And it's important. Uh, we we met as a, as a group, and guys, uh, let's jump in on this. Like, I we think that it's really important in this conversation that um, we don't approach it from an angle of a rivalry. Um, 
we're approaching this from an angle of, uh, for the, you know, the purposes of this, you know, the facts of the case, understanding what happened here, right. That that's our approach as we talk yeah, about and, this and topic think- and then some additional topics related to this after the, uh, the summary. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's also worth acknowledging as Spartans that we have, uh, we've we've been through a bit of this in some ways uh, as uh, just as an alum of a, an institution, and that we we care deeply about uh, we cared we care and cared deeply about change at our own school, and for you know for bad things to not happen again in the future, right? Like so, this isn't rivalry. This it, it couldn't even be close to it. So I would just add that that we we care because we're human beings first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So so what was found? What what was found in this case? Um, it was it was indeed found by uh, Wilmer Hale explicitly that over the course of his thirty seven year career as a university employee, that uh, Robert Anderson did indeed engage in sexual misconduct with patients on. Uh, as it says in the report, quote, countless occasions. Um, this misconduct ranged from performing uh, medically unnecessary hernia and rectal examinations on patients, um, manually stimulating uh, the genitalia of both male and female patients, although it was found that primarily uh, they were male patients um, that were being seen and were being abused in these ways. Um, there were also quid pro quo arrangements in which uh, Anderson approached um, certain patients uh, to provide pet medical expenses in exchange for sexual contact, or in some cases, other you know medical things that a, a patient may need, including medication and including um, medical deferments from the Vietnam War draft. Um, it was also called out in this report, and perhaps most importantly for those of us trying to understand these cases, that Anderson seemed to intend uh, and deliberately prey on members of susceptible populations. So those with limited experience with doctors or those that had not received an adult physical exam in the past, for whom this would be their first their first actual medical exam as adults. Um, at the time, uh, there was you know, difficulty and, you know, it persists to this day, of course, uh, with LGBTQ patients um, who did not wish to out themselves um, in reporting the abuses that were that were done to them. And, and indeed, uh, they seemed to be targeted for that. Um, also, it seemed that Anderson would target student athletes uh, who seemed to be particularly reliant on their scholarships or would fear retribution um, in terms of playtime or in terms of getting a scholarship revoked as indeed we did see in one of the main cases here. Um, and, uh, and in all, uh, there are currently over 800 individuals in litigation with the university. Now, not all of those were, were reached in the case, uh, of this, uh, interviews were conducted with 300 people, um, including university personnel and, and survivors of the abuse. Um, in terms of the findings of the university response, this was initially brought to the university's attention by Mr. Uh, by Mike DeLuca, I believe, or, or Tad DeLuca. Apologies, I'm going to different parts of my notes here. Um, from the wrestling team, um, Mr. DeLuca wrote a letter to Ward Manuel um, about uh, his experience in 1975, um, and indeed. 
the the uh, findings of the investigation of that found that Mr. DeLuca did indeed bring um, an abuse uh, from uh, from Dr. Anderson to the attention of the then uh, uh, the then wrestling coach um, who. Uh, brought it up to the uh, vice president of student services, Mr. Thomas Easthope. Um, or no, uh, pardon me. Uh, those are separate cases. What's important in all of this uh, is that the university had multiple uh, opportunities going up to normal, uh, to a number of different levels. Um, Thomas Easthope, you know, claimed that he, you know, fired Dr. Anderson. Indeed, it was found that he just resigned his position, took another opportunity with the university. Um, ultimately, Mr. DeLuca, uh, and again, I'm conflating two different cases here, so I'm doing a, a wonderful job, um, was ultimately dismissed from the wrestling team over these allegations. Um, he was reinstated, but chose not to continue his athletic experience at the University of Michigan after his experience that he had there. Um, there were number of other uh, experiences that, that came up um, that were made known to university officials. Um, in 1996, he was sued by a female patient, um, and the lawsuit was actually disclosed on Anderson's uh, next application for me- to get Michigan medicine credentials, um, but the university failed to do due diligence on that. Um, in the 1970s, a male gymnast allegedly told the head coach of the gymnast gymnastics team um, about an abuse that was met with like, quote, a wry smile and a shrug, sort of a boys would be boys type of situation. Um, in the early 1980s, a member of the football team reported uh, telling head athletic trainer Russell Miller that Anderson fondled his genitals. Um, and Miller allegedly told him that you're just young. You don't understand what was going on. Um in the late 80s, a female student reported misconduct during a breast exam. Similarly, in the early 90s, a female member of the track team reported misconduct to two different coaches, both of whom were interviewed for the cor- through the course of this investigation to find knowledge of this. Um, and then ultimately, um, there were also uh, cases found on the university health side. Um, in fact, in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, there were... Um, there were cases where um, a, alleged abuse was brought to the attention of um, social workers on the university health side, um, and there is no um, there was no investigation done as a result. And additionally, uh, on the football side of things, in particular, uh, there are upwards of four cases where Bo Schembechler, uh, then head football coach, the University of Michigan, was made aware of these abuses. One in 76, uh, where a player allegedly told Bo Schembechler and a position coach about his experience. Um, Bo Schembechler, in that case, um, reportedly told him um, that he would look into it. Um, and that that assistant coach reportedly uh, used uh, seeing Dr. Anderson as a threat to motivate the players uh, at that time. Um, and, and nothing was done to escalate that issue. Um, in the late 1970s, university police were actually notified of an abuse of, of Dr. Anderson. Um, that same student athlete was told to, to toughen up by Bo Schembechler when he reported that abuse, that same abuse, um, that was reported by university to university police to, to Bo Schembechler. 
Um, in the fall of 82, Shan Beckler was reportedly told to misconduct during an exam and told the student athlete that he would, quote, look into it, but nothing was done. And then this wasn't uh, part of the the examination of the uh, of Wilmer Hale, but they did mention this, that there is ongoing uh, litigation of a of a case where uh, allegedly um, Bo Beckler and Don Canham, then athletic director, were brought to the uh, had brought to their attention abuse uh, that was followed up by the student athlete in both 82 and 83 but no action was taken. So um, the findings of the report ultimately were that um, there were dozens of opportunities. And this is just in the, you know, the, the 300 some cases they were able to, to actually um, investigate uh, where officials at the university were made aware of these abuses and, and failed to act on them. Um, so to, today or, or yesterday, uh, now President Schlissel wrote a public apology acknowledging the abuses um, to his credit, although I would point out that last year the university filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuits. Um, and then, of course, you know, presumably there's ongoing conversations with survivors um, regarding a settlement. So that is, uh, that is the, the top-line overview uh, of of the findings of the Wilmer Hale report and update on, on where the situation at, at U of M is, um, right now. Um, but you know, very, very concerning, um, very, very concerning findings, uh, here by Wilmer Hale. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a, a handful of things that we can, we can have a conversation about again, uh, trying to, to divorce, obviously trying to divorce any notion of rivalry, because that's not what this is about. Um, this, these are, this is just, this, this is just sad. Um, and, uh, I, I think first it's, it's worth mentioning, you know, uh, there are two things that we can talk about very briefly. One is, um, legal ramifications and the other is, um, we want to talk about Bo Shambelle for a second and not belabor it because for right now, we're largely not going to comment on Bo Schembechler. So I want to start with the, and I'll just kind of handle the legal portion of it, it to a degree here in that, um, Greg, you, you mentioned that they interviewed 300 some people, um, but there are over 800, uh, you know, victims, potentially more. Um, the the university, as you mentioned, did attempt to dismiss lawsuits. Um, it is in that motion to dismiss. It is worth mentioning that the university acknowledged that the survivors of this abuse are due monetary compensation. So, while you know uh, that's um, it's it's nice that they said those things. You yeah. know, a judge can certainly make sure that happens. Um, but it, it you know. It, it, putting things in a historical context, um, the, you know, Michigan State University had, we were just talking about this, Greg, was it 500, there were 500 some survivors that got paid out claims? Yeah, I believe so. That's where it's netted out somewhere in the, the 570 range, I believe. Um, and that was a, uh, um, Five hundred something million dollar settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the why can't I find the number? Um, USC uh, recently is in the last couple of years paid out one point one billion dollars in settlements uh, for um, sexual abuse on the uh, on the part of a gynecologist uh, that were ignored by the institution, um, and I believe the total number of survivors of those abuses are in the ballpark of mm. those of Dr. Anderson. Hmm. So from, from just from a, uh, you know, it, it, this is, this is always a very uncomfortable conversation to have because you're putting a, a, a literal dollar figure on someone's trauma. Um, but the university of Michigan in all likelihood is going to have to pay out over a billion dollars um, for, for Dr. Anderson's, uh, abuses. Um, so, you know, just from a, what the legal ramifications will look like, that is almost certainly it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, the, the, for legal nerds, there's a, or people who find this remotely interesting from a legal standpoint, there's a whole bunch of back end litigation that happens around insurance that is, is mildly, again, from an intellectual standpoint about litigation, interesting. Um, but st- it, you know, the, that's just accounting at some point, the, the university is going to write that check, um, or is going to make their insurance companies write the check and then the insurance companies will sue them. And so the university of Michigan <laughs> could be in litigation for a very long time is, is, is part of this. Although I think um, as we've seen in the MSU case, the, <laughs> yeah, the, U of M is going to write that check first, and then they're going to go yes. after the insurance companies. And the insurance companies are going to open up their pockets, and a moth is going to flutter out. <laughs> yes. yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it'll open be up uh, their, their hobo spindle, and it'll just be like old cheese in there. And it'll be like oh, an old cheese. Uh, they, will all be, they will all be pointing at each other, like, no, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. So let's. Um, the two I want to t- uh, let's talk about Bo real quick, and um, I'll just sort of summarize this. And if anyone wants to add anything to it, yeah, chime in. But we're not, you know, there, uh, the conversation that's happening now is because there were many um, instances in which uh, survivors of this abuse have have said that they they notified Bo Schembechler or people who worked for Bo Schembechler. Um, that there are conversations happening within the University of Michigan right now about what to do with the buildings named after Bo Beckler and what to do with his statue. Um, and uh, I think it is worth uh, giving a, um, a tip of the cap, a shout out to um, Ace over at MGO blog for a, a very well-written piece on, on what his thoughts are on mm-hmm. what should be done. Um, it, it was a, a heartfelt response and, and it was a one that, um, started with, uh, someone who ultimately, um, had, uh, issues with, with cancer because they failed to get an examination because of what Dr. Anderson did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the latent trauma of that. Yeah. Um, and so, it, so anyway, it's, it, it is a, it is a well-written piece that is worth reading. Uh, but we are not going to talk about Bo Beckler because, uh, Bo Schembechler is very much tied into the myth-making of, of what it means to be uh, at Michigan, of Michigan, a Wolverine. And, and I don't say myth-making pejoratively. I mean in the sense in the way that we all create narratives, you know, whether, you know, as Americans we do it as uh, with our, our founding documents and founding fathers, or as Spartans we do it with um, 
John Hanna and uh, a lot of hatred at the University of Michigan and uh, the Spartan stat. You know, we all make our myths in certain ways. And Bo Schembechler is very much part of the University of Myth of at University of Michigan. And so for that reason, it's a conversation that is best had by Wolverines. And so uh, for right now, that that seems like the best place and, and they're going to need some time to have that conversation. And it's, it, I, I think the message to Spartans listening to the podcast is that they need time to have that conversation and it's not useful. It, Cause, it, and we'll get to the next topic. And this is maybe a transition is when everybody seems like they're coming for you, it kind of puts you in an uncomfortable place to have those internal dialogues candidly. And as Spartans, I think, Maybe the thing to do is is learn from the experience we had in trying to right the ship that had gone so far astray uh, and and let them do what they need to do at Michigan. And hopefully uh, they handle it better than our administration did. So um, is did I get our sentiment as a pod well yeah. there? Okay. Yeah. And that's not to say we may never comment on it. Uh, I expect this discussion to be ongoing and I expect that it will become very public at some point. We may choose to comment on it again, but we decided as a podcast, it doesn't do us any good um, to, to really discuss it now. Um, Plum, anything you want to say before I talk about MSU fandom and its response to this report? No, let's get into that. So there, there is a phenomenon. Uh, that we should acknowledge among Spartan fandom, um, not in all cases, but certainly it, it is out there. Uh, of, maybe to a degree, we should say also some of us have like, yeah, y- y- I mean, like, I yeah. think it's fair to say how we, we feel <laughs> yeah. having lived through this. About the, the idea here is that this is a very serious report. And it is not one that can currently be found on the front page of the free press, or the front page of the Detroit news. Um, and there is a, there is a feeling in the, in the Michigan state fan base among some people. And I, I will admit that I have also, I understand it certainly yeah. um, that the, the perception that the university of Michigan is being given a pass on this um, in a way that MSU absolutely was not given a pass. Um, and I would actually liken this report very much to at MSU something like you know the Fitzgerald findings. Um, I, I would I would I don't think this is necessarily the last um, that we are, are going to hear about this in an official capacity. So, it, with regard to that, I mean, Jonesy, you you'd actually you've done a much better job at articulating this than I have been able to. Do you want to give it a, a first pass? Sure. Um, I was going to so, do it, but now I put you on the spot. Now you have to do it. So I, I think, I, I think you, um, what's it, as Spartans, you may say, well, there was that bullshit article from ESPN that had Mark D'Antonio's face, Tom Izzo's face and Larry Nasser's face all on the front cover as if they were the same thing. Mm. And you had, uh, you know, these uh, un unrelated Title IX allegations that were being sort of dragged in with Larry Nasser, and you candidly had an administration that was was not doing us any favors in terms right. of communicating, but partly because there was a black hole of leadership, and so 
you know, Tom Izzo might as well have been provost and Cassius Winston was running PR for the university. And you had um, uh, a a myriad of uh, other issues going on. And you have ESPN, multiple, multiple personalities from ESPN calling for the death penalty for MSU. You've got Bob Wojanowski spouting off in at the the Detroit News, it, it, and you know everyone. It, it felt like everyone was coming for Michigan State, and you felt like you had to somehow defend the very notion that you were a Spartan. Yeah, and 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 it and it and it and it sucked because you certainly weren't okay with what had happened. No, you didn't. You didn't co-sign on any of that, and so and and what's troubling is as a Spartan, you might be saying. Hey, I read the headlines of the local news, and if I wanted to play that game with Michigan, I could play that game. I could point to story X, story Y, and and then loop it all in with the Anderson scandal, or it's yeah. not even a scandal, what Anderson did. And, and I would say to you, stop. Because what happened to Michigan State, though, again— Let's look a little bit inward and say we didn't do ourselves any favors. No, no. And I think just to but, stop, MSU yeah. fandom at the time, I think there was a, an acknowledgement that real harm had been done, that there were failures at the institution, and that uh, things needed to change as a result of those. The, the issue was that media to a degree took those things. And as you were saying, we, uh, you know, an exercise that we could do with U of M right now, you know, put a bunch of things next to one another and said, this is about the culture in this one specific place that enabled this, this, this is specific to MSU, this specific to MSU's culture and fans pushed back and said, actually, I'm not sure that there is a relationship between Nasser and Antonio and, and Izzo and, and media pushed back and said, if you don't believe it, then you yourself are part of the problem. You're doing this. And I think fans that had a much more nuanced view of things at MSU were upset by that. And now, like you were saying, like, you know, if you wanted that, you, if you just want U of M to take it the same way that MSU took it for the sake of that, it's bullshit. Yeah. Don't that's that's revenge. That's not about that's not about concern for the you know the survivors of of Robert Anderson. That's not about the concern of what it means societally about institutions and these types of failures in progression and getting better about these things and the, and that kind of stuff. That's I can understand why you your gut instinct is that kind of response. But take that next thought and understand where that's coming from. And and ask yourself, do you think MSU deserved all of that? Do you think MSU deserved to be set to have ESPN say we deserved the death penalty? Yeah. And again, and if if your answer is no, then then you deserved MSU deserved criticism. Certainly. Absolutely. And there was no one at the time that was denying that. It was the type of criticism. And I thought at the time it was doing a disservice to the idea that this could happen anywhere, which we're seeing more and more frequently is indeed the case. 
it was made to look like something specific was happening at MSU that was U of MSU only. Like, what do we hear so often? Like, burned it all down and what's in the water up there and all of, all of that stuff. Um, which I I don't know if I if we want to transfer off of this topic onto the next, but I think we're starting to understand now that this is about institutions and this is about brands and there are there's something about we live in a society you guys uh that enabled and and continues to enable this kind of uh behavior um and it to just to take that approach doesn't do us any good at fixing the ultimate problem here well and yeah to your point greg and then i want to hear from plum you know at this point in time now there have been at nearly 30% of the Big Ten schools, there has been some kind of trauma inflicted upon student athletes or people who were in the care of people employed by the university. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State all have had their moment that we've that that's been discovered. And I don't all you can say with any certainty is is that those are what's been discovered so far. Yeah. Because because people being predatory and let's be very clear, men being predatory that's that's not new. Yeah. So Plum, what do you think this says about institutions? Well, and, and and why people defend them, and and how you get to such a colossal collapse of judgment at every turn. Um, golly, that's a great question. I think um, I think people desperately want to create in their own image um, things of significance, things of meaning, and so we create totems, we create um, statues, uh, we invest time and money in. Uh, going to sports and I'm wearing a Michigan state sweatshirt. You know, we, we tie our identity into things and partly it's because of the experiences that we had either directly or indirectly um, going to sports games with your kid, with your dad, when you were a kid or your mom or something. Um, so it isn't necessarily bad. The identity making that happens around institutions. Um, the challenge becomes when, when we begin to tie so much of our identity to that, that we begin to lose reason. And um, I think it is, it's it's not fair to point at any one school and say, oh, the fans of this school do this more than others. I mean, you can, that's a selection bias. Um, but certainly, certainly the individuals who were among the loudest um, castigating Michigan State and our handling of the Nasser um, situation and, and the crimes that were committed against so many women uh, at Michigan State, the folks who piled on about that, um, somehow thinking that their that their institution was beyond reproach. Um, the proof is that there isn't a single institution that's been beyond reproach. I mean, hell, Jim Jordan, representative of Ohio, was an assistant coach on the wrestling team at Ohio State when significant allegations were made, and he is still a sitting member of Congress. I mean, there isn't a single school. Um, I think that is that that has that doesn't have some part of its history bound up in 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 sexual assault and in or in some sort of inappropriateness. So, you know, what these schools have to stop doing is being so afraid of this that they 
just they rush to get consulting firms to come in and tie off the knot and think it's going to go away. It isn't. It's never going to go away. This is something we live with. And it's something we're going to continue to live with because there's too much opportunity for it to happen in institutions that are this big with this much money. Um, All that you can do is acknowledge it, um, create a culture where reporting is safe, where folks do not believe they will be retaliated against for doing the right thing. Um, That is what's required. And uh, that's all the survivors at Michigan State have been asking for. They want to know that the university takes this seriously. Uh, And that's what folks at the University of Michigan should be doing right now. And a lot of the nincompoops at MGO blog and others are eating crow and deservedly, um, not because not no one is happy about it. no one wanted them to eat crow. No one wanted them to be <laughs> no. in this spot. No one wanted that, but it, it was their own immaturity and it, it's a testament to their ability to create statues in their own image and in the image of the university of Michigan, which is just a projection of their own really egos and insecurities that uh that it was somehow so fabled and so beyond reproach that this couldn't happen there and it's it's sad it's it's damning it should be damning of them as individuals um one apology so-called apology that i saw started off with sort of naming it as hubris but it isn't hubris it's not hubris it's in fact it's a very immature selfish childish and absolutely uh, survivor agnostic um, self-centeredness. It was a desire to put their institution ahead of the lives of, of women and now men and many others who've survived these horrible assaults. And in some cases, folks whose experiences with this have all you know, led to death um, in most tragic and, and, and horrible, horrible ways. So um, I, what else do we say about this, guys? I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a terrible thing. You know, and in transparency to folks that are listening, I I counseled us not to talk about it. You know, I was like, I don't know if anyone on, if, if our listeners even care, if this is something that they want to spend time with. And I think you guys are right that, that this is, this is newsworthy. This is, this is important to college sports. It's relevant. It's going to continue to be relevant. We can't ignore it. Um, I think we, we owe ourselves, um, especially as Michigan state, um, advocates or Michigan state celebrators, uh, to be honest about our own positionality in this. And, um, and to hope that the, uh, the assholes in Ann Arbor get their shit together and, and acknowledge it too. <laughs> yes. and, and we did discuss it as a podcast and, and we determined that, you know, some criticism of the reporting of this is valid, that it's important to know these details. It's important to know what went into this because it, as we're seeing, it can happen at any institution. And if you are, if you were in an administrative position, an institution, these types of things you know, you have to be aware of them. You have to know that this is a possibility. This can happen and that you need to take action in those cases that it does. So, um, I think it, I think it's garbage personally that the free press and the Detroit news can't bother to have this on the front page, not because I want to pile on U of M and I want to see that, that big block M, you know, the sheen come off of it, but because I, I think it's very, very important for us to understand what happened when it happened and why it happened. Yeah. Here, here. Um, yes. All but right. To be clear, we do want that sheen to go away. Just not like this. <laughs> okay. Like, right. just not like this. Um, so yes, I, I think actually, let's just say in, in a, in a bit of a spirit of unity that um, I, and I think we said this when a, a lot of the reporting about this initially happened that uh, we, we, you know, sort of stand in solidarity with, with the idea that there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. Um, 
and that uh, we we hoped then, and I think we continue to hope that your university learns from. We didn't even get into that. That there's like a playbook for all of this now, but that that yeah, that you, that's the you, really cynical side of things that I think we could do a whole other forty five minutes on. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but so it, we it, at minimum we do we do hope that uh, in all the ways that Michigan State and and particularly uh, Engler and, and to a degree of the board, a lot of degree of the board screwed up at every turn. Uh, we continue to hope that University of Michigan does a better job than we did in supporting survivors and and coming to whatever reckoning needs to be come to. So. And then, then President Luana K. Simon, you have to acknowledge that. And then oh, Provost yes. June Ewan. <laughs> yes. Uh, all, the whole gang. The whole gang was there. All right. Um, um, shall let's we talk about some cookies. Yeah. Shall we talk about preserved homemade and then do some Twitter questions, gentlemen? <laughs> Yeah, yes. uh, there's no good transitioning out. Mark the time, Greg, so we can tell people when they can plug back in if they decided to skip. Um, and let's talk about Preserved Homemade, a goods and provision store bringing the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. You can check out Preserved Homemade on Instagram at Preserved underscore Homemade. Follow them on Twitter at Preserved H or head to their website at Preserved-Homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. Cannot recommend the chocolate chip OG cookies enough. Gentlemen, it's Twitter question time. Oh! Uh, and uh, I think we've decided that uh, Plum decided that this is going to be a summer-long competition. <laughs> so it is not merely going to be a four-week roll. We may have to get into scoring this differently. Oh, my but goodness. I, no, you know what? I love the idea that it runs as long as it does, and it is still a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately competition. Yes. Bro. Uh... <laughs> All right. All right. We're, here's up, what's important here, listener. We're, we're changing the rules as we go. And I'm rating this week, right? It's me. I'm the guy. It is. You're the guy. You. All right. All right. Then I'm going to ask the first question from Joe Ashworth. Uh, Plum, the question about shortest job ever from last week's pod inspired me. Mine was working at MSU's Institute for Public Policy and Social Research doing random call surveys on a family history of collateral cancer. I quit after two weeks. Uh-huh. Fair. That sounds like a really difficult type of thing to survey. <laughs> Colorectal? Mm, yummy. The, the uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mm. probably got that word wrong. I'm realizing in retrospect. Uh, but Plum, what is the weirdest job you've had is the core of the question from Joe Ashworth. Uh, Joe, 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 weird job. Weird job. I don't think I've had that many. I've not had that many jobs. I don't think I've had any weird jobs. I... I, I disagree. You have. It's not the first time you were an RA. It's that you decided to do it a second time and and third time. <laughs> it was the third. Maybe it was the third time yeah, I chose to be right. an RA. Red uh, baby. <laughs> okay. God help us all. Uh, that was a weird job. Uh, I was the office assistant at an architectural firm. That was a bizarre job, just because, like, like why? You know, I had a friend that did it, and she graduated, so I got it. These are terrible answers. Like, <laughs> Yo, did you have any weird jobs? Do we have something for Joe here? Um, um I mean, no, I I mean I had normal kid jobs, I guess. Um I di- oh, I was a uh, I did uh night shift um door duty. Oh yeah, you uh, would scan the IDs. The, yes. Yeah, the residence hall. Um that was a bit of a different job. 
I mean, I, I delivered for Big Ten Burrito for a while. Loved that job. A weird job. But, yeah, loved that yeah. job. That was a I great the, job. The power of being the ID scanner, though. Um, that's that was such a miserable job. <laughs> <sighs> but I did up. one night call out sick and drive to Chicago. That was a great night. Best night Middle of the, of the job. night. All right. Uh, next up from Joe uh, is since it's power ranking season, I think it's time to settle this question once and for all. Please power rank MSU beat writers. Feel free to include anyone who no longer covers MSU. Um, and to be fair, gentlemen, I did send you this in advance so you were prepared. All right. So let's go. Let's do the whole list. Let's get the 50-man list down. Uh, why don't we, Joe, I appreciate this. I think it's a great question to come back to at some point uh, as a full segment yeah. later in the in the summer. What if we just did a couple of our favorites for each of us? And During and let's be very clear answer. though that uh, that Solari is at the bottom for his random retweeting of a thing that he that I'm still angry about. Oh my god! What's what's uh you know what's even smaller like being upset about <laughs> it or doing the retweeting? Like you guys are in stiff competition with one another. <laughs> Who's um, the worst here? Uh, so I well. We've already shouted out two of our favorites, right? Yeah, right now, uh, for sure. Yeah, Colton Pouncey covering MSU football, Brendan Quinn uh, covering Michigan and and MSU basketball from The Athletic are 1A and 1B, uh, depending on the season that you're in, right? Yeah, that athletic, um, scholar, uh, that athletic uh, uh, subscription pays for itself, man. That is some fantastic content that those guys put out. I think we would all agree Joe Rexroad was if we're if we're including past was maybe the goat. Yeah. And it I know the fandom is a little bit upset about like how things ended there and they think his, you know, last column is a little self-indulgent, but I I loved Hey Joe, his little like tits and tats that he would write, uh the stuff that doesn't really fit in an article. Like to me that remains some of the best uh yeah. content that i've seen i put diamond leung in there he did great basketball coverage back in the day from from what i remember uh you know who no one has mentioned yet and you all should be ashamed of yourself steve grinzel covered michigan state for 20 years with booth newspapers yeah. steve is a yeah. personal friend of mine worked uh, many a soccer game with him over the years great guy really yes i didn't oh. know that yes Great guys. This, this is going to be uh, Plum's answer to a different question later on. Great. Um, you'll see what I mean. Uh, so yeah, I I would say those are those are the good ones, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure there are others that we're forgetting, but the, those are the ones that come immediately to mind. Uh, we next up, we have a, a thought experiment here from Joe Ashworth. The scene, Plum. It's a beautiful fall day in Spartan Stadium. Upper Deck Jerk Guy is doing Upper Deck Jerk Guy things. <laughs> you have $20, an afternoon hangover setting in, and a smuggled pint of Fireball. What are you eating? Personally, I got to go see my girl, Miss Vicky, at Grand Grillin'. Oh my gosh. Spartan Stadium with $20. So uh, I'm definitely going to go get an ice cream sandwich uh at one and point how many hot dogs is that yeah and then however many hot dogs i can i can get on that so it's probably like one and a half right yeah, so that's six dollars gone for the ice cream sandwich yeah and then, yeah yeah <laughs> yep. so maybe i love the steam dogs yep they're good though that's the, that's the perfect steam to meat to bun ratio those hot dogs yeah 
Though, let me ask you this. If you could get a cup of, uh, like, dog water, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Put it in a cup, and then if you just put the put the bun in there, would you drink it that way? Oh, the, you... the Kobayashi? Or the, the, no, Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, but with like, dog uh, water, to be very clear, with dog water. The, the, the chestnut, the Joey chestnut, the dunk it, mm-hmm, slurp it mm-hmm. down uh, maneuver. Uh, I'm going to get in front of Jonesy and say, you know, I don't pay for food where I... You know, watch, but um, uh, I would do You're, the. I'm gonna uh, out you. I'm gonna out you. <laughs> I would. Uh, I I I love a good walking taco. In fact, I will out myself even more by saying, we have uh, replicated the Spartan Stadium walking ta- walking taco here in our own house. Uh, a time or two, we have indulged in that. So, uh, put a little Dorito bag in there. Throw a little beef in there. A little cheese and. Uh, Hate yourself the rest of the day. That's what the the pine of fireballs for, though, Joe Ashworth. Yeah, love that. All right, next up, upper deck jerk guy. How did you trick your significant other into marrying you? And if they listen to the pod, how do you convince them to stay? I outlasted mine. Yeah, that that's was... for sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, scared off all the other suitors, and uh, yeah. Finally, she was just like, God, I'm so fine. You Fine is what she said. Um, so that's, and then I remind her of that every day. That's how I convince her to stay. What about you? What about you, Jonesy? Um, I, when I kind of asked for the commitment, she said, meh. And I said, so you're not saying no. And we've been <laughs> together since. Um, and she doesn't listen to the pod, so I don't need to convince her. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. But Plum's coming to visit, and we're going to get rid of her. Uh-oh. Yeah. Nothing. Upgrade time. Upgrade time. I'm the upgrade. <laughs> um, what do you think of Gabe's Brown video show? What? Come on, Upper Deck Jerk guy. <laughs> Is this a real thing? I'm going to ask Jonesy, because I have not seen this. I'm I, betting... I didn't. I've been on Twitter less. I didn't. What do you want me to say? What, have anyone, is this a real thing? Gay Brown apparently has a video showing him playing against Amani. Is that real? Uh, yep. It is. That's a real thing. Uh, uh, I would ask Upper Deck Shirt Guy, what do you think about his game? His game that day. What do you think, Upper Deck Shirt Guy? Uh, we'll break this down next week for you, Upper Deck Shirt Guy. Although I got to say, uh, Gabe Brown's what, like four years older, five years older than him. So it does not matter unless he's getting schooled by Amani Bates. So. Amani's looking uh, uh, bigger, but then I remembered I don't care about Amani Bates anymore because he's not yeah, coming yeah. to Michigan State. Yeah, who is that again? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember him. He, he, I think he runs a camp in upstate Michigan. Oh, yeah, something um, about a camp. That's right. <laughs> all right if mel tucker gets michigan state a national championship will you get a picture of him tattooed on your body raymond chain says booty but i mm-hmm. think the answer is it would have been there either way uh would you get would you commit to uh if tucker gets a natty will you get a tattoo of his face full back full spread back of tuck with the hat the shades and the cigar i love That's that one for you i love that for you <laughs> Uh, all right, you heard it here first, uh, Plum. Would you get Mel Tucker tattooed on you? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. This is a yes and situation. 
Oh. Yes, and Alex. Oh. Yes, and. Yes, and I would have it be a uh, uh, one of those like uh, gum tattoo things, you know, that it comes right off when you are done with it. I take it back. It wouldn't be uh, him with the cigar. It would be a screen capture of the unboxing video of his new birding binoculars. <laughs> oh my God. He's just standing there with him and he looks so excited. That would be the one. Full back. Spread. Love that. Um, all right. Next up is Anthony Garvert, who asks, which is more likely to happen this upcoming season, a thousand yard rusher or a thousand yard receiver? And if so, who do you think would be who do you think would be the one to do it? For reference, the last one of either was Burbridge in 2015. I'm going to go receiver, right? I, I until we see it, I'm going to assume that this is a rushing by committee football team. Is that fair? Yes. Sure. As we talked about. So I uh, I I would bet that it's going to be Reed that does it if anyone um if you know if he can start uh, frequently catching the ball, but if it, it's going to be, um, you know, if it's not Jaden Reed, I guess Jonesy, would you say it's Kenneth Walker as a rusher? I mean, the only reason that I would say that if it was going to be not Kenneth Walker, it it's either because Kenneth Walker gets hurt and Elijah Collins does become his old self or that, Jaden Reed is enough of a threat that Jalen Naylor is just running deep routes and mm. is so much faster. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's that. Yeah. But I tend to agree. Jaden Reed. No love for Ricky white and all this slash. We haven't even acknowledged that maybe he's on the team. <laughs> maybe not. No one knows. <laughs> it's impossible to know. All right. Plum. This is uh, this is back to you. As I said, this would come back around. What is your biggest flex in terms of meeting a, a celebrity? Other hosts of the pod do not count, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, but obviously, it's your refereeing friend, right? Yeah, it must be Steve Gonzalez. That's true. Um, actually, it's funny. I uh, the I refereed a game a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, Demarcus Beasley, former um, U.S. Nation, men's national team soccer player, as a co-owner mm-hmm. on the semi-pro team so he was here uh got to see him yeah so i don't know it's probably all refereeing related i think i you know i the uber driver who's the ubu uh, ubu jobber um i no, uber driver team i know that's the joke uh no. <laughs> never mind um once i was in a an airport lounge at heathrow and uh in walked uh j jk simmons the the band director from mm. um that that great movie uh whiplash yeah. Also the farmer's um, car insurance guy. So, yeah. Also J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, correct. Is that good? Uh, Is that good? Great. You, got uh, anything, uh, you got anything good here, Greg? I saw a guy. So I, I went to a, a MSU Indiana basketball game and, the, and this person was there. And then um, I went to Nick's English Hut afterwards. And this guy walks in, he was like from Bloomington. Everyone knew him. Everyone was excited about him. It was, there was like this bustle in the air and I'm sitting at this table with uh, a bunch of grad students and they're like, Oh my God, it's him. Can you believe it? And I'm like, he's not such a big deal. He's not such a big deal. What? And we had already been several beers in. So when one of them said to me, if he's not such a big deal, why don't you ask him to play sync the biz with us? And at that time, 
I had no argument against this. So I walked over to the booth and I asked Jared from Subway if he would play Sink oh, the Bismarck. No. Oh, no. And he said no. Mm. And then, like four months later, I learned I lucked out. Yeah, you that did. Was, I was very fortunate that he said no that day. Also, no, of note, your story would have been more interesting if he had said yes, because oh. then I could have blamed you for not reporting. <laughs> also, he got so much fried bar food delivered to his <laughs> table as the spokesman from Subway. I just remember watching it and it just showed up in droves. That's awesome. And I just remember everyone was so excited that Jared from Subway was there. And then I laugh sometimes when I go back to the next English hut and I think about that situation. Um. <sighs> next well, up it's not a cosign on nick's english hut if i've ever heard one <laughs> it's a great bar though everyone should go there if you're in bloomington uh jonesy next up from garver prop bet of the week hello the, the leader and pass rushing next season will have blank sacks versus the highest ap ranking an msu will achieve in the mel tucker era pick the over under for each ranking should be by numerical value, i.e. number two ranking would be under. Wow. Thank you for, for helping us navigate this, Garber, after last week. Over under is at 6.5. Uh, over then under. Mm. Mm. Okay, so you, no. you're taking the, the, the better of both of these. Yes, Mel Tucker will achieve a higher than it will it will be six or higher in the AP ranking in his tenure, and uh, someone will have more than six point five sacks in the season. I mean, I, I agree with that, especially because that wasn't ending the season with an AP ranking. Um, Correct. I, it, I acknowledge that fully. This yeah. is just to have that AP ranking at some point. Is my read of this, Plum? What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm with Jonesy on this. Uh... So correct. Yeah, under. No. No. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. The pass rushing thing. Sacks. Really? Under? You called under for that? Total? No, I said no, I, I said over. I said over. Oh, good. Yep. Next oh. season someone will have seven sacks. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's right. Okay. I mean Um I hope so. Oh, I didn't see that it was next season. Ooh, ooh. You know, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I stick with it too. Uh, me too. Yeah, Go. Same. Never All say right, never. Greg, it is your turn to rank this week. And so this question from Raymond Chains is for you. Mm. If I wax your chest and give you facials, can I move up in the rankings or nah? No need to wax the chest, Raymond Chains. I'm way ahead of you. I keep it clean. That's not true. Uh, just naturally nubile but uh but uh, reach out raymond let's see uh let's have a negotiation let's just see what you got let's just see what you got we got to do this fast though i've got to announce these rankings tomorrow so uh reach out as soon as you know tuesday yeah tuesday yeah, you get to, yeah. i meant day after posting as as everyone's listening to this huh. tomorrow Plum is actively yawning on the pods. Yeah. So we need to also move fast here. It is said that U of M football is recruiting a higher class of player, but Tucker lives in the transfer portal and has energized the program. What are your predictions for the rivalry over the next decade or so? Who has more going for their program at the moment? How can we stop the evil? Okay, Raymond, that's three different questions. And <laughs> frankly, I'm more concerned that someone needs to get Tucker out of the portal so he can get back to his family who loves him and misses him 
So that's the first thing. Um, I think that uh, this portal recruitment thing is just uh, temporary as he's building his team. I don't think that he is going to be living there forever. Um, but I do think that... Um, actually, I was going to say, what rivalry? <laughs> is it the no rivalry? <laughs> I guess that's the first question. Uh, I think it's going to be very even. I think that's what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, is that it's going to be very even. Yeah, and not only that, but I think we have more going for our program at the moment because ne- there is nary a Michigan fan who is excited about old Dockers khakis coming back for another season with an extended yet deflated uh, contract value. Uh, whereas everyone in Michigan State is excited about Mel Tucker. So uh, no evil here. Uh, we are excited, and I think we're going to see good things. Uh, Greg, another one for you uh, from Raymond Chains this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. After a frustrating week of recruiting, Izzo goes looking for the physical location of the transfer portal. <laughs> this obsession causes him to ignore Lupe, who spends more and more time with Danton Cole. Should we air this, or is it too hot for TV? No, uh, Raymond Chains, I think we just leave it implied. Yeah. You know, uh, we do this as tastefully as we can. Um, but I also think uh, you could do this great type of, uh, you know, s- uh, segment where as um, Lupe and Danton Cole are exploring more and more of their relationship, and that will they, won't they tension is there. Mm-hmm. Izzo is also coming upon finally the physical location of the transfer portal. Yeah. And it, it's just energy and it's, uh, you know, it's just like motion and energy and we don't know what's what. And it's all open to, uh, to interpretation of the viewer. I think um, that's, I think that's perfect. And in fact, you know, there could be some retrospectives that he saw and interpreted some of this, which is kind of what informs some of his, um, you know, uh, uh, aggressiveness toward Gabe Brown in the, uh, in the, in the tournament last season, you know, we could, there's a lot of retrospectives, some flashbacks with Izzo kind of being concerned and regretted, regretful about his past behavior because of, uh, because of what he's seeing. So yeah. I think it's exciting. I think this is one of the better episodes that we, I, I can picture this. Yeah. In a long time. This, this is, this is great. V good. This, this feels like there's an A, B and C plot too, you know? Mm. Yeah, indeed. We've already talked about this, uh, but let's go formally on the record from Elon Bloom. Guys, what are the odds that Izzo leaves two scholarship slots open for 2021? Just, just the odds. Mm. From Bloom. Right, probably only one. Probably only 1%. I I think we talked about this and we all agreed that there's a 99% chance he fills both with, um, I don't know. uh, uh, Walk-ons. Yeah, I I just keep thinking of offensive things to say, which I'm just not going to say. So we're going to leave that one alone. Uh, Elon Bloom, welcome back. Uh, Seemingly, Tom uh, thinks that he can roll scholarships over in some way, like he gets more scholarship players as a result of this. Um it's baffling. Uh, he should at least take one grad transfer. Um, but say la vie, you know, uh, uh, next up from Elon Bloom is, well, what do you think the odds are, Greg? Uh, I'm going to say hi. I mean, it, it, like filling them with anyone effective. It, it sounds like very high. It sounds like 70%, 80%. It's unfortunate. Uh, next up from Elon Bloom, Jonesy, looks like we may get to a full Little Spartan Stadium. Do you think full tailgating will happen? What, when you picture this fall, how do you picture it? When you're coming back to campus, how do you picture it? Uh, do I think full, full tailgating will happen? It seems like, despite the fact that uh, the state of Michigan 
uh, was a little cuckoo bananas on the COVID front uh, that the governor has said, it's all good. And uh, so, yeah, I think full gate tailgating will happen. I plan on kissing everybody on the mouth. Yes. <laughs> Twice. Um, and then uh, I'm going to drink some of the red cedar. And I'm going to spit some of it in Greg's mouth. And then he'll spit it back in my mouth. And so, yeah, that'll be a regular tailgate. Very normal tailgating is yes. what I expect. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to be there on 9-11 and I can't wait. Remember the date, 9-11. Never if forget. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> never forget. All right, Plum. Uh, who is the most important player for the, in the, for the coming season in either basketball or football? Uh, Imani. Uh, 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 <laughs> who is the most important shit. football player or basketball player? You've got to pick one. Oh, it's hard to follow that up. I mean, it's Tyson Walker for the po- uh, point guard, right? I mean, the team is finally going to have a point guard. So uh, I don't, yep. we don't know who the quarterback's going to be in football. Uh, we have a vague idea who the running back's going to be. Uh, it's hard to point at one player on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so I'm going to go with point guard in basketball, especially after the season that we just went through. Um, next up from sort of like Tom Plum. Uh, now that CDC has freed us vexed folk from the tyranny of mouth coverings, mm. give me a creative way to repurpose your Mac mask stash. Uh, it, it's great toilet paper. Really, really great toilet paper. And uh, uh, just try it and you'll see. Reusable, much more environmental. Uh, can, we, can we just say, though, everyone hold on to at least like a couple masks? Yeah. So that when you do get sick, just just wear a mask. <laughs> Please, you're like, please. Correct. Correct. Yep. <laughs> okay. And don't go to work, please. All right. Next up, Matt Alexander. Uh, Plum, how many footballs do you think there are? Uh, uh, that's a first time questioner. Yeah. Too, by the way, that's, so a, that's a great, uh, great question. I think that there are. Matt is my best friend's husband, so um, that's who he is, and he's fantastic, and we love him. And Matt, there are 719 footballs. Exactly 719. And this is a perfect question, not for Plum. Jonesy, what shape of football is best? Don't you say we're Uh, Plum? uh, The the oblong one. You you mean the football-shaped one? (laughs) Yes, the football shaped football is the best uh, shape of football. The one decidedly not played with the foot. Uh, next up, I, you know what, Matt, Matt, I think you're going to do really well on this week's rankings. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, next up is CT and TC who asks first, Plum, who's your favorite member of the 04 Pistons? Go to work. Get that pale. That's not even a hard question. It's Tayshawn Prince. Everyone knows it's Tayshawn Prince. It's in fact the matter is not even up for debate. Not even up for debate. This the same day that I believe it was announced that uh, that Ben Wallace is going to the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame. You just take Tayshawn Prince in an instant. Beca- because because and I love Ben Wallace, but it's Tayshawn. The kids, the guy, guy, kid, guy, guy's uh, arms. Well, he was, was a kid. Oh, he was he had, one he day. One day ago. Um, uh, next up. Uh, that's fine. That's an acceptable answer. Uh, Jonesy from CTNTC. What brand of athletic shoes do you wear? Um, 
currently I'm wearing um, Ultra Ventures by Topo, Topo, um, which are some trail running shoes that I used in the Grand Canyon that are now sort of my, also my lawn mowing yard work shoes. Um, they're, but they're wonderfully comfortable. Um, so comfortable I can't stop wearing them. Grace from, from the Grand Canyon to the lawn mowing beater shoes. Uh, you don't know how wonderful my lawn is. Uh, uh, Greg, Bill Simmons, overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Uh, I will be, I, I am aware of Bill Simmons. You know, I've tuned in to the podcast every once in a while. I watched his, his HBO show all one episode. I think that actually made it to air. Um, yeah, no kidding. I forgot that there was only one. Yeah. I think a couple more were recorded. I don't think he made it past episode one though. I I will give it to him as an innovator, though, right? Like he had he had Grantland back in the day that that, that didn't uh, end up you know going very well, and he was early he on the podcast it, game. Right? So I'm gonna say he's properly rated. Um, I definitely don't think he's underrated. Um, no, he's yeah. probably rated borderline overrated, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly when you lump in the baggage that he has potentially. As a aware business of owner. Okay. All right. Uh, very much. Yeah. Very much. Uh, all right. Yes, go ahead. Plum from John Hubbard. After nearly 36 years, I was diagnosed <gasps> with my first cavity last week. Oh, my God. Can any of you give any insight on whether life is still worth living or if I should withdraw from the world and become a legend like the ruined city of Ozymandias described by Shelley and Smith? Hmm. Uh, if you can find Ozymandias, I have to imagine it's near the transfer portal, uh, the physical location of such. So uh, <laughs> we'll root for you in that regard. Um, you know, the only cavities I ever got, I actually got when I was in the Peace Corps because I didn't have dental care for three years and uh, drink a lot of raw sugar in my coffee. Um, but you know what? I'm still here. My mouth still works. I still am able to drink hot and cold beverages. Mm. Um with a sufficient amount of time in between the two. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to tell you to withdraw from life, but, uh, but, uh, but maybe you should, if you think you can find Ozymandias. All right. Uh, Greg, would Plum be willing to give a class on diving and soccer at the upcoming can't read, can't write tailgate this season? Yeah. And then uh, you got to bring all those cards plum and then you know depending on how good the dive is you know you can tell us you can let us all know um by what color is it disparaging to the spirit of the game (laughs) the spirit spirit. hi the the spirit spirit of the the game how dare you how fucking dare you uh i would be happy to do that and we made it this far without enough bomb and he just flippantly throws one i mean i think the flippant ones were the best ones to throw it's it's in character, Michael. All right, you got all right. You're getting yellow carded for that. That's fine, Greg. Uh, for for the questions rankings, this is your week. What if the winner gets a case of delicious YooHoo chocolate milk? You know what, John Hubbard? Didn't we start this whole conversation with you having a cavity? I don't think you need it anymore, YooHoo chocolate. That's milk. a great callback from like thirty seconds ago. I think it's ago. over for you. I love it. <laughs> you're gonna have some tea, and you're gonna have some water, and you're gonna think about what you did to your mouth. <laughs> only get one all right Shameful. Next tech jansen plum who is best set up going into the next three years michigan state athletics the state of michigan in terms of handling covid and future variants or 
the United Methodist Church. And Plum, lastly, as a follow-up, why is it you who asked this question? Uh, I do have to acknowledge Tech Jansen is my alter ego. And uh, Tech, whoever you think you might be and and you whoever you might claim to be in later tweets, I think, well, everyone will know it's not really whoever you think you are. It's just me pretending to be the person you think you are. So um, now that we've stated that and it's clear, yeah, now I now that we have that now that we have that in place. Who, do you know who Tech Jansen is? Though? I don't. I wish I did, or if I do, and I but I don't now. I might be embarrassed about it later. So I I will do you some should digging. Check who? Yeah, who's looked at your LinkedIn profile lately? Is is probably where I would start. All right, Tech, because this feels um, very at you. It did, it did feel great at me. I can tell you the United Methodist Church is not the one that is best set up going into the next three years. There's a lot of kerfuffle happening there. Uh, the state of Michigan, it uh, looks like our numbers are going down. So I would say it's in the order you have it, my friend. MSU Athletics, number one. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if that makes me feel... Yeah, don't worry about it. Let's not think about it too much. Jonesy, should Nike market MSU branded dad lawn mowing shoes? <laughs> this is definitely for you. Pro, yes. Green hides, grass stains, and a lawn mowing beer. Lawn mowing beers can transition into a neighborhood tailgate. Con, does New Balance have a monopoly on dad lawn mowing shoes? That's great. Uh, well, it, that's a great question. Love this question. But tech, here's the thing. If they have a monopoly... I've shrugged it off. Ah. I I would buy some lawn mowing shoes that had a Spartan helm on them. Absolutely. Is it because you're a cool Absolutely. dad? I mean, did you have to ask? Good qu- yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, all right, Greg, who has the, been the best MSU homecoming parade grand marshal? Uh, I couldn't tell you who they How are. How dare you? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Kermit DeFrog. Oh, that's uh, good. If he was one. Glad you didn't say Luana K. Simon. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we'll take Kermit. Do you know any other ones? I, I do. Know. Yeah. My friend Tyler, uh, Tyler Oakley was the, uh, Grand Marshal a couple years ago. Do you think that's who Tech Jansen is? I am confident it's not. Okay. <laughs> This pod right, has to be one of the only things I can guarantee you that Taylor has never heard in his entire life. So that's that's got to be a thing. All right. Next up, Verbose Dutch. Do you have uh, any tips for someone buying a house and selling their current house? Yes. Call Brandon oh Sands. Brandon yeah. with an E, Sands with a Z. Do we get extra money if I plug this in the Twitter questions too? I'll yeah, ask him about we it. Do. Thanks. We do. Great. 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 Uh, for both uh, such, no, the answer is don't. Don't. Just don't. Right now, just don't. Just wait. Live in your car if you have to. Good luck. I think for both Dutch did buy a house, and I think it took him a long time because this market is so crazy, which is why you should call Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Uh, Greg, uh, name your favorite part of MSU's campus, excluding the sports venues. Uh, okay. Uh, there is an area, uh, just south of the children's gardens on the other side of the train tracks. I don't know what it's called, but it's a little hidden garden down there, uh, that I like a great deal and nobody seems to know about it. Uh, you're so thinking of F lot. <laughs> it's the F lot. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking of the F lot. Beautiful. It is. Um, 
Yeah. I'm gonna look this up while a, you guys do a garden of cars, or... an old garden uh, of cars. What it's, it's actually? I really called. like that sort of like on ramp to campus off of uh, yeah. Michigan Ave. Yep, that's kind of you know over by um, the Harry Potter dorms. Uh, that the name oh yes, yes, right yes. Now. That's Yakely Williams Gilchrist, I believe. Mm, it's, yes, it's, yes. It's called the Lewis Landscape Arboretum. Mm. It is a, a lovely. And, a and that's where you take your unsuspecting victims. Yeah, listen, yeah, don't, don't go, we don't call it an arboretum. We we call it a tree zoo. That's first. <laughs> yeah, um, don't, don't go there with any cadaver dogs. There. <laughs> All right, Jones. Apart from um, mowing your lawn naked, except for in your lawn mowing dad shoes, what is your most shameful pleasure? For both such asks. Um, uh, the way that. Um, I have you guys on. I don't know. Um, most shameful pleasure. Is it something that we do for you? Tell us. Tell everyone. It's the sort of ASMR whispers I get. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what it is? Here, I'll be honest. Tell us. It's Taco Bell. Yes. It's Taco it Bell. It always is Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell. I'll tell you what it is uh, for me. It's It's Reese's peanut butter cups and Ruffles potato chips. Oh, God. In the same same journey. Oh, in the same it journey. It's salty. It's sweet. It's chocolate. It's peanut butter. It's potato chip. <laughs> Honestly, tell me more. Yeah, seriously. Uh, all right. Uh, next up is Mama Maple Leaf. Oh, pause. Ooh. Hold on. I gotta just. I'm gonna have to inway on inway on this because I don't want to say Mama Maple Leaf was robbed. Susan, you were robbed. But. I do think it's important that we acknowledge that she had some really great questions last week. And I just think she should have been at least four to seven places higher than she was. And, you know, I, it's a lot, I guess I'm allowed to weigh in on opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. It wasn't my week. So that's correct. It, it will. Yeah. I, I think we could, if we really wanted to, we could pull the receipts up of where I said, here's what I'm thinking. Are you guys okay with it? And you, I don't remember that. And I'd like to, I challenge it. Challenge. Strike it from the record. Strike it from the record. All right. First up from my Maple Leaf is uh, in light of the recent UVM report, forfeiting a question for submission of a PSA from uh, the rape, abuse, uh, incest. Um, it's rain. Why can't I remember the National Network? Let's assume. Thank you, National Network. Uh, uh, rain.org. Uh, we will retweet her tweet, but uh, if someone tells you that they have been abused, listen without judging, affirm your beliefs in them, and tell them that it's not their fault. Thank you for uh, thank you to the courageous survivors. Uh, we will absolutely retweet that here, here. after the pod. Here, here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Greg, for you, number one, MSU is listed on all of the different, quote, party school, end quote, website rankings, and usually in the top 20. What does a Sparty have to do to make number one? Party like it's 1999? It was legal to drink on campus then. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I mean. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, we, I, I think we got to bring the Carluges back to tailgating. I think that's the whole thing, right? I think that's right. I, I think we've been number one before. I I certainly remember at least one of the years we were at Michigan State, we were number one in something because I remember going to a – in fact, I think, Jones, you were there. I remember a particular freshman year uh, uh, toga party that we went to the night that William Rehnquist died. Uh, which is of course, oh, the most on Gunson on Gu- no no it wasn't on Gunson we were in Cedar Village or what was the one that like burned yeah. down every was time Gunson was it on Gunson yeah it was for sure on Gunson it might have been a second party then um or we or we started at Cedar Village and we ended up on Gunson but either way I remember being in Cedar Village and 
in a toga. Yes, we came separately. Yes, yes I ran into you. Yes. And I was like, can you believe the news? Yes. Yes. So that should you be it, Susan. Been, that should be really, really it. fun that night. I mean, you guys talking about William Rehnquist dying. I mean, that, that gets you the number one party ranking right there. I mean... Everything without us, number one, is an affront. I'm just after saying that conversation no, at one toga party. I think what it means is Michigan State students can party rain or shine, and there is a, to- a party topic for every type of Michigan State student, James Madison and beyond. So well done, us. Well done. I would also us. say the fact that we could party with such jubilance. Yes. Uh, with, with, well, I would say in, in spite of. The football we were watching at the time Correct. is a testament to our ability to party. Yes. yes. So, frankly, it, it, Mom and Maple Leaf, to answer your question, I think it's just that the rankers don't know what they're ranking. That's right. Yeah. They, they don't They don't see talent when, when it's right in front when of their face. When it's in face. front of their face. They should have been there. They should have been, been there. there. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give this next question to our uh, our resident horticulturalist here. Uh, <laughs> the October 2020 MSU campus tree map displays 21,345 <laughs> trees. In my head canon, she counted them. It wasn't a number. <laughs> right, right, right. She went and she counted each one. Uh, Michael Jones, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Man. Um, hold on. Let me. Red uh, maple, yellow this. maple, red maple, yellow maple. <laughs> uh, it would be. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, there's. You can't say white birch without being very racist. So there's yeah. that. Um, you're not the, you're not gay enough to be like a willow or a weeping cherry tree. I would be a, I would be a massive willow tree. Let's be explicit about that. Here's the thing. Uh, well, so uh, I mean, um, I think maybe uh, uh, you know. I think oak trees are, are fairly insecure. Oh my god! <laughs> Constantly <laughs> dropping like things to let you know that they're there. They've got those little propeller things sure. to let you know they're there. Yeah. Sure. They've got the nuts to let you know that they're there. They drop a boatload of leaves to let you know that they're there. So that's you. That feels on brand for, for you. Me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that is a profile of a tree that sounds very irritating. So I'm on board with this. All right. <laughs> Next up is B-List, and I'm going to ask this question of my colleagues, and I think it's a great question, B-List, and it's a question that I'm also wondering the answer to. So let's see what these absolute boobs say. Why is it that at Plum Alex isn't equitably represented in the new logo? One might have said the newest logo, which is still sitting in your inboxes. Hmm? Hmm? Is our question. Greg, got to earn it. You got to earn it. That's what I'm, I'm going to say. We're going to need to see a little bit more out of you. We'll see what happens after your next performance review. All right. I mean, you just can't expect to show up at a drive through window and yeah. shout your takes on things and, yeah. and be included. You think just because people can understand what you're saying this week, all of a sudden you get the better logo treatment? Unlikely. You guys, you guys, you guys, the listeners don't understand that, that Kevin and Mike filled my head that my microphone was somehow suspect in giving feedback noise so that for several weeks I had to, I had to participate in this gander in a less than high quality mechanism, not because I wanted to, but because I was bullied into it. I was misled. Sir, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) All right. 
This uh, I, I I've been reading ahead while he's just blathered on. All right. Uh, and I think this one's perfect for Jonesy because you probably already fantasized about this. Uh, <laughs> the lights slowly flicker on at the Breslin practice facility. Izzo and Tuck walk onto the court. Who wins the ensuing game of one and one? One on one, you mean? What are, I, I that's what I said. What did you? Hear? Oh, I thought you said one and one, as in they were shooting foul shots. Uh, because I will say. Tuck's winning one-on-one. Uh, I will say if it's a game of horse, Izzo's got that. Uh, dude shoots like 90-plus percent from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I think Izzo's got horse. That's my take. Mm. But Tucker, one-on-one. I mean, come, Tucker's got one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Izzo's going to be like, where's my help side defense? Mm. And it's one-on-one, <laughs> Izzo. Uh, all right, next up. Plum, this is a plum question. Oh, yeah. This is perfect. Oh, Lord. Uh, can't read, can't write vocab word of the week. Perfidious. Fuck, I should have been looking how would you ahead. Define, <laughs> how would you define without cheating? Let's go. I think it means like nefarious or conniving. Doesn't it? Like, like. Uh, Let's find out. Lord knows I don't know this. Perfidious. I assumed it had something to do with scent. Deceitful and untrustworthy. Hey, that's close. Oh. That's close. You're in yeah. the neighborhood. That's that's close enough. Can I? Have, that tells me that you know it contextually. Yeah, I could. I would. I would understand it in a book, but I wouldn't include it in my own sentence. Ha! Mm-hmm. It's you did more reading in college than I did, which is funny because I still don't know how to read. No, so be it. All right. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Next up is Mike Jones, not me. Oh. Uh, my, this is another buddy. Poor Plum. Hey, Plum. Yeah, thanks. Plum, honestly, thank you for promoting the pod. Uh, for Plum, Plum, I want your best red card story. Uh, I don't know my best. Uh, I will say my most recent was uh, a men's uh, semi-pro game a couple weeks ago, and a guy fouled a guy, and the guy that got fouled... Did you leave one star for the Uber driver? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. And he might have been, too. I, that's a different story. Um, anyway, he uh, tackled the guy. The guy fell down and was laying on the ground because he got hurt, you know? And I'm like, it was a foul. It wasn't a card. It was a foul. So I called a foul. And his momentum kind of carried him. And he, uh, instead of jumping over the guy who was on the ground, he actually stomped on his lower back. And it's one of those things that happens like in a half second. And I was just close enough. And I caught it right in my line of vision and immediately red carded the guy. And if you want to see more about that, you can look on my Facebook. <laughs> because uh, I, someone took a picture of it. Someone was at the game and took a picture of it. And there's a great picture of me giving a red card. And it's a great, great red you card. You look very powerful. Like, it's the mustache. Yeah. It's mostly the mustache. Speaking that, of which, also yeah. with that stash, which is fabulous, by the way, it says not this Mike Jones, but the other Mike Jones. Uh, do you feel more powerful on the pitch with the stash? Yes. Also, you blew a corner kick call at the nine minute mark Saturday night, but I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> okay, that, Don't let it slide. that corner kick call was not my call. I was the assistant referee on that match. Uh, the referee had the had the angle. It was on his side, and I followed his. This so. is out for a listener for one. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, all right, last up from Mike Jones, not me. Since landing Powers Warren via the portal, Will Kevin Warren finally cater to us rather than screwing us like Delaney did all the time? This is our chance. Uh, This is our chance, Powers. Uh, We're going to need you, buddy. Put in a word with Dad. Uh, We're off to a good start, though. Do you think Powers gets a start? Like, Do you think he gets a start inexplicably? Oh, for sure. He's going to start against, like, 
the University of Northern South Dakota at Hoople. Um, I have a question, though. Is there a good example of a time that Delaney kind of horsed us good? That you can think of? I mean, we don't have enough time. We're already All right. What's our runtime right, right now? Like, do you want the five-hour podcast? Well. Plum. Do you want the seven-hour yeah, podcast? Yeah, yeah. Do you want the Snyder Cut? I'm a very lonely person. Me and Yali just listen to these things on repeat. So, that's <laughs> all I have. All right. Uh, but, um, yeah, we should actually get into some some Delaney hate sometime. But he definitely had his favorite two universities, and they weren't us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn State and Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan Hellpepper asks, favorite local band while you were in school? Greg, this is for you. Uh, Dan does shout out the Parka Kings. <laughs> Parka Kings. Uh, Parka- is Electric Six a local band? There was we a little too regional, I would say. I think the local band for us during our time there was the Hard Lessons. Yeah, uh, the Dirt Bombs were also very good. Also a regional band, though. They were they were um, Detroit. There's all the always around. I'd like to give a call out to Small Parks, my brother in law's band, which was a I think it played in Eastland think a bunch of times. So you're welcome. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna uh take a you know my own question here. Shall we uh should we ask or should we speculate what the genre music is that the Parka Kings make? Ska. Definitely ska. ska. Oh yeah. Yeah, Dan Hellpepper out here skanking to the Parker Kings for sure. I'm going to actually for assume sure. that I'm going to take the name on face value and say that they're actually. They are. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to uh, Google them very quickly. I'm going to ask this question of my fellow podcast hosts because it's about food. So it's I good. have no place answering it. Uh, gentlemen, plum, plum. favorite homemade sub? Uh, I don't. I don't make homemade subs. I like Same. tuna fish. Sand- I like a tuna fish sandwich a lot. Is that good? Mm. No, that was a bad answer okay. on every level. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jonesy, was the classic Izzo sign, if you can read this, you're not Brett Pet- Petway in bad taste? <laughs> uh, so I actually don't know this. I don't either. Brett Petway was a Michigan basketball player back in 03 to 02. Six and or something like was that. Was any were any titles vacated because of him? Or no, not? no. there were no titles. <laughs> they were not in title consideration in that time. Um, Great. All right, he was best known. I th- he uh, he was the G League or at that time the the development league, the D League uh, dunk competition winner, and he jumped over a car. That I think that was the top moment of his entire career. Um, He's also an esports player. Mm. Mm. This one I'm going to say is fine. Uh, this one's okay. I do remember seeing a sign when I was in the zone about Brett Petway that I was uncomfortable a little bit with then and more so now um, that Brent Petway is a talentless thug. And mm, yep. that yeah. one, that's, I, yep, we that's not definitely, okay. definitely could have done without that yep. one. Um, yep. no, I mean, notwithstanding that word, uh, I would also point out that he is an NIT tournament champion. So he's not talented. I always root for Michigan when they're in the NIT, which is a lot. So good for them. Good for them. So yes, they're yeah. That coded language needs to go. Yeah, gotta go. Uh, and but we can all agree that Chad Henney rhymes with douchebag is the best forever. Forever. All right. Forever. Uh, 
right. Uh, I gave Dan Hellpepper an extra one here uh, because he says, when will M go Brian finish falling backwards and disappearing as he returns? <laughs> so I, I, I don't think that we need to educate anyone on who M go Brian is other than um, a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, we mentioned earlier someone who gave an apology for the hubris was their word of not <clears throat> assuming that something like uh, what happened at Michigan could happen at Michigan uh, all while um, uh, making a joke about the plight of survivors at Michigan State and also somehow at their own school. So anyway, yes, uh, M. Go Brian is a piece of shit. And uh, I hope <laughs> uh, <laughs> turns into a uh, Corncob would imply that he has caloric value, Aww, which uh, he, he does doesn't. Not. Shitty corncob. Uh, Dad, for that. Uh, the next, finally. <laughs> Last up. Last up. From Nick Kamansky, hey, Mike Jones. This is a two-parter. Why are you calling me at 2 a.m.? And then he goes on, seriously, Mike, why are you leaving these strange, blubbering messages on my voicemail? All I can make out is sorry, Twitter, and I was wrong. Nick. I don't say this lightly, and I'm not a professional who can tell you when you need to seek help, but you need to seek help. Maybe it's the other Mike Jones. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got the wrong maybe one. He's got the wrong one. Yeah. Other Mike Jones, reach out. If you've been leaving Nick Kaminsky, troubling voicemails, yeah, stop. let us know. And stop, because he doesn't need him. <laughs> and if you haven't, Mike, Nick, stop thinking about this so much. Uh, Grooch, do you have new pokemon snap yet if so what is your height why are we ending on this <laughs> nick you wanted to come in last again if so what is your highest score mine is still a bidoof yeah photo mm-hmm. that's scored over five thousand. what are the words that i just read you know don't pretend you don't know no, I, I honestly don't know i and, and also, i am nick Great Bidoof score there. I mean, the composition the composition of that must have been fantastic. Um, I'm sure the professor is very impressed. Though I have to say that I'm an N64 Pokemon Snap traditionalist, and I won't play this new garbage Pokemon Snap. I Thank you. I feel like a Bidoof for just listening to this. <laughs> Bidoof! Uh, we are all Bidoof this day. Uh, and, and Nick, hey. I just want to say um, thanks for not giving me a question. I'll remember that uh, next week. So when it comes back around, yep. it all uh, comes back around. Nick let's Manson. end this because we are, if we end now, we are sub two hours. So gentlemen, it's been a wonderful week. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening guys. Go green. Go away, boys. Go away, gentlemen. <laughs>